Hello, and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL, a podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Ellen. And I'm your other host, Aaron. Aaron, today we are getting ready for the holiday season. Yes, sir. It's exciting times. The winter season is officially hitting. It's cold weather, and I have drank a lot of peppermint mochas. Best time of my life right now. One of the best holiday drinks is definitely mulled wine. If you can make some of that up, you instantly have a party. Nice. I don't know exactly what mulled wine is. It's great. You can do either mulled wine or mulled cider if you're looking for a non-alcoholic version. But basically, you heat up some sugar in water and then pour in either your wine or your cider. And then you add a bunch of warming spices. So you put in cinnamon, cloves, allspice, and you just get this really earthy kind of warm, cozy drink. That sounds pretty good. Um, I need to try something like that because it sounds a lot more rustic than like the Sprite cranberry mix. I, <laughs> I look forward to every year as well. So if you're not making mold beverages, what are you typically doing to celebrate? Well, we have a, uh, at least a couple different movies we revisit every year. Of course, it's the classic anime Grinch, which we always want to put on when we're doing decorations, thinking mm-hmm. that it's hours long and then always forgetting that it's only like 15 minutes long. So we barely get the boxes open by the time <laughs> uh, his heart has grown by eight sizes. Another one is the Garfield Christmas special. Oh, okay. Yeah, where they, him and Odie and John go to the farm and John reverts to like a seven-year-old kid uh, at Christmas. And there's the grandma character that's very popular amongst Garfield friends. Mm -hmm. That's what we typically do every year. And then, you know, we'll try to check out some new holiday movies as they crop up. What Mm -hmm. about you? Uh, I've definitely always been a big fan of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, uh, both the song and the film. I didn't know that was a film. It's a film. It's a very good film. And you can't forget all the old claymation classics. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I always forget about those, too. Which one of those is your favorite? Probably Rudolph and the Isle of Misfit Toys. Oh, that's a deep cut for me. That is a deep cut, but it's so good. I'm just familiar with the just the original Rudolph one, mm-hmm. mostly because, um, you know, Burl Ives was the, the narrating snowman. Mm-hmm. And Burl Ives is actually originally from not my town, but like the town close right next to mine. Oh, so like okay. everyone in our uh, like growing up, like they always had to show that movie in classrooms because then they're like, oh, by the way, he, you know, came from like 15 minutes away. See, kids, <laughs> you can make it. <laughs> That's a, a great way to kick off a holiday party. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all hope is not lost. Look at our <laughs> lives, everyone. You have any cherished holiday memories? I think there are a lot of good holiday memories from growing up. A lot of them are pretty typical with, you know, sledding, snowball fights, that kind of thing. Growing up in Michigan, there was a lot more opportunity for those than down here in Evansville, I feel like. Uh, One of my favorite family traditions, though, is in addition to setting out milk and cookies for Santa, we would also set out carrots for the reindeer to munch on. And that that was very exciting to wake up in the morning and find that the carrots disappeared from the porch. We never did cookies and milk. We did turkey sandwiches because finding <laughs> out later, that's what my dad wanted to eat. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, too. You know, you got to stock on up on something other than sugar. Yeah. But, of course, Santa 
only never came to our house. Not saying that Santa isn't real or anything. He just never came to our house, and we had to feed my dad, who mm. played the role of Santa. I would say after talking with Christina and <laughs> editing out some of the more traumatic memories I have, I did find one that was actually positive and I fondly have memories of. I always loved going to my um, my parents' Christmas parties they would have at their workplaces. Oh, okay. I think it was the, you know, like kids want to feel grown up and you put on like Sunday finest and you go to like these places where like they've got like the platters of food mm-hmm. and they always kind of made me feel a little fancy. One we would go to for several years was a volunteer fireman party because my dad was oh. a volunteer fireman and uh, they would rent out the community center, which was a big deal to me for some reason. It was like being in the... Hammerstein, uh, Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City because being that I grew up in a small place, the community center was like the biggest rentable place we had. So everyone had all their parties and celebrations over there. Yeah. And I feel like when you're a kid, any large room that you've never been in before is very exciting. Yeah. And actually kind of brings it back to the library. I remember that's about the time the library was also in the community center on the mm-hmm. other side of the building. Oh. So I was sort of like, Oh, I like, I would escape and like look into the, like the locked door window, uh, just kind of thinking about which book to get next. But anyways, getting off track here, they would have one of the guys dressed up as Santa and then gave all the kids gifts. And then we'd have like a traditional Midwest catering menu with, yeah, like mashed potatoes, fried mm-hmm. chicken, gravy on top of everything just the best yeah and then one time my dad was a funeral home director for several years never had a christmas party at a funeral home for obvious reasons but we (laughs) did have it at his boss's house one time and uh, again we all got dressed up and Mm -hmm. i uh we had a really nice dinner and i played the rugrats adventure game on pc with his kids so for some reason that sticks out to me uh we definitely had a cousin who was super into computers and so a big part of the holidays is definitely the the day we would go and celebrate with them and my cousin would let me play computer games nice it's always something like especially around holidays when you get connected with like cousins you don't see too often Mm -hmm. they're always like the cooler cousins well on that note should we hear from some of our fellow library employees about what makes their holidays so special oh absolutely you guys are going to really enjoy these memories and as well as some of their favorite things they like to do over the holidays. Hey, everyone. We have returning guest Stacy back here with us. How's it going, Stacy? It's going pretty good. As we all know, holidays are all about creating memories and also uh, sharing in beloved memories. So I know that you wanted to kind of share with us a uh, maybe not so beloved memory, but one that sticks with you nonetheless. Holidays are often a really stressful time for people. And my mother, God love her, um, very, always had a very hard time with the holidays. It was a very stressful time for her. And when I was a teenager, young adult, I probably didn't help out very much. Uh, one story in particular, it was probably going to be my worst Christmas ever. So this year, it was the first year I was away at college and, you know, young adult, you know, learning the world for myself. And I was coming home and I had a boyfriend that I'd left behind. And so 
Christmas was our first time we were back together. And I got invited to go with his family out to California. And, you know, so my mother lost it. She's like, oh, you chose his family over your family. And it just, you know, the fights and, you know, those mother-daughter relationships are very strained. So I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. So went with my boyfriend and his family. We were in a van driving out to California, a bunch of Christmas presents and all that bet. And we got us, this is from Minnesota and we were going to California. So we were going straight down south and then we were going to head over west. And somewhere around Oklahoma, the van overheated. So we pulled off to the side of the road, which, you know, being wintertime was dried grass, which promptly caught on fire, which set the van on fire. (laughs) So we were in the back of the van throwing the Christmas presents out the door, and eventually, yeah, the van burned down. We're on the side of the road, so luckily, you know, Good Samaritan comes and gets us a ride at least to the local Holiday Inn. And after spending a night there, everybody's stressed out. And my boyfriend's parents decided they're canceling the trip to California. We're just going to go head back home to Minnesota. So I'm like, yeah, great. Christmas Day, I'm walking in the door, the whole family's there, and, you know, I've got that nervous laughter, and I'm like, ah, you know, the van we were in burned down, and my mom's like, well, I knew it had to be something to bring you back home early, blah, 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 you know. So in the meantime, she'd given all my Christmas presents to my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't say that, tell the story without laughing at this point. It's that, you know, it's like, you know, the story is more than 30 years ago. I did get a pair of earrings because she'd bought my sister and I the exact same pair of earrings. And so she couldn't give my sister two pairs of those. <laughs> I think I still have those earrings too. For the rest of my holiday break from college, I just kind of went on self-imposed exile. Eventually, my mother and I did reconcile, but that was probably oh and my boyfriend and i split up after that too (laughs) all the stress so i'm losing my mind over here um (laughs) because this i i did not hear this story before we started recording and you just kept saying like oh i've got a story about i forgot how you phrased it but it was definitely not funny but like about like a disastrous one and Knowing you, Stacey, I was not expecting, like, destruction, exploding vans. To this day, I've still never been to California. You still? <laughs> is it because of this trip? Oh, just it, going to California has never come up since then. So, yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, I would get, I get it. I tried to uh-huh. – remember one time I tried to watch The Ring – and someone tried to like break into my house and I didn't watch the ring for 20 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. certain events got, kind of get imbued yeah. with negative vibes. So it was a very memorable Christmas. I'll say that much. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, being that <laughs> you can thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this will enjoy it and mm-hmm. rest assured Stacey's laughing and it's, it's yeah. a funny memory now. So yeah. Well, like I say, a lot of people have a hard time with the holidays, and it's not all forced happiness and cheer, and just the bad years make the good years better, I think. Yeah, there you go. That's how I look at it. And, you know, things that might be deemed tragic at the time, time goes on, and eventually you'll learn to look at things through a whole new lens. All right, so uh, what are you currently reading this holiday season? Being the Christmas season, I tend not to read too many Christmas 
type books, but I am Norwegian and from Minnesota, so snow has always been part of the season. So I went back and I'm reading Norwegian folk tales from Aberson and Moe, which are kind of like the Brothers Grimm of the Scandinavian folk tales and fairy tales. And the forward by it was written by Neil Gaiman. It's just beautiful. It's your classic normal fairy tale motifs, only with more trolls. Oh, okay. Nice. So, kind of correlating with the reading question, what are your favorite movies to watch during this season? I do avoid the Hallmark channel this time of year, but I always make it a point of once a Christmas season to try to track down its wonderful life. And in the past, there used to be that channel that played a Christmas story. They'd play it 12 times in a row. So it was 24 hours of Christmas story. Yeah, I think it was TNT. Yeah. So when the kids were younger, we would always play that for the 24 hours while we unwrap our presents, while we wait the holiday dinner. So every once in a while, I like to go back and revisit an old favorite and watch a Christmas story. And I think my third must-watch of the season is the Lampoon's Family Vacation Christmas story. So those would be my three classics for the holiday season. It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, and Christmas Story. Very solid lineup there. Well, thank you very much for joining us once again, Stacy. Hope to see you back here soon and have yourself a Merry Christmas. Well, thanks for having me. I'm here today with Erica. Erica, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Ellen? I am pretty great. We are getting into the holiday season, and so we're here to ask you about your favorite winter traditions. Okay. I have quite a few in our family. (laughs) What is, like, the number one you can't go a holiday season without? So, in our family, we always celebrate on Christmas Eve. It started when I was little, because... Uh, I had two Christmases, mm-hmm. um, and so my mom's family always did Christmas Eve, and we always have pizza. We always oh, get delivery okay. pizza. We used to go to Mass, and then we'd pick up pizza. So I can't, doesn't feel like Christmas if I don't have pizza on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so none of that traditional food on Christmas. Yeah, we, we always did the Christmas Day celebration, but we always had, like, the midnight service beforehand. Yes. And uh, now that I'm an adult, I'm still a very impatient person, and so I feel like I'm just slowly going to edge into, like, Christmas Eve celebrating. Yes, it, yeah. You know, I enjoy doing it on Christmas Eve, and most of, like, when I was little, and when they would have children's mass, so all the little kids in our mm-hmm. family would be, you know, playing Jesus and Mary and Joseph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of fits where Christmas for me always, I automatically think about Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. Christmas Day. Pizza, though, that's an interesting Christmas tradition. Yes. So um, usually what would happen when I was younger, we would go to Mass, we would come back, we would eat the pizza, and then we would go and drive around and look at all the Christmas lights while oh, yeah. Santa came, because Santa <laughs> came twice for me. Santa came to my mom's family on Christmas Eve and then at my dad's house on Christmas Day, but I couldn't be there. So mm-hmm. we would always go look at Christmas lights and then come back and do a family picture. And then I could go and see what Santa brought me. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Christmas lights, that is a good one. Yeah. There's some really good displays. Um, I know, I feel like there's some site now on Facebook or something where you, they like mark all the best places that you can go and look at mm-hmm. Christmas lights. 
I know up in uh, Washington, Indiana, they have a big display in the park where it's just all like moving light figures. And so there's like, I know there's either an elf or a Santa Claus in a helicopter that's just made of (laughs) Christmas lights. And it's really impressive to me. Yeah, I haven't been to Ritzy's Fantasy of Lights in a few years, but I've done the ones at Santa Claus. Mm. It's like around the lake and everybody decorates their houses and their nice houses <laughs> yeah i should really go to santa claus it's it's nice and they have um like a candy factory where you can go and get all kinds of candy and then an ornament shop this thing is so big it's a little overwhelming but you can go and pick out an ornament <laughs> yeah as a person who is not native to evansville do you recommend santa claus i do i i you know it's something different, and mm. it has its own different atmosphere to it. Um, our family also always goes up in the fall. They have their Halloween weekends at the campground. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we always go then, and sometimes we go during the holiday season. Mm. But it's just something different to experience. I'm not even talking about Holiday World. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been to Holiday World in a few years. I just like going up in the town school. Yeah, uh, I grew up in Michigan, and we had a town called Frankenmuth. And it it's quite a drive from where I lived, but, like, that was always the Christmas destination. So and was it decorated at all, like, Bavarian? Yes, yeah. they have – I don't know if it still is, but I think it was at one point the largest Christmas store in the country. Wow. Uh, Bronner's. It may still be. I, I'm a little out of touch with that. Yeah. And you guys probably got a lot more snow than we get down here. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always – I can't remember the last time we had a white Christmas <laughs> Yeah, I remember the uh, year that my brother came home from college and he tried to go skiing in my parents' backyard because it's just like one big hill. Yes. And it did not work very well. Why not? It was steep and the snow had not settled enough to stick. So he just started going and his skis caught on some (laughs) dirt and he just kind of rolled down the hill. Oh, no. So when I grew up, the only place to ski around here was Paoli, Mm -hmm. which was basically fake snow and ice. And so my senior year of high school, family member bought me a ski trip to Colorado. I don't even like being in the cold, but they Mm -hmm. really wanted to take me to Colorado. It's a whole different experience to actually Mm -hmm. ski on snow. Yeah. You don't break a leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have, I have some family who lives out in Pennsylvania, and so every year they take a trip out to the Poconos. Okay. And so that's where I learned how to ski. Yeah, real snow. It's a helpful thing. Yeah, it, it makes the experience a little bit better. Yes. So, Erica, what else are you doing to get into the holiday mood? So, well, we started to put our Christmas decorations up, but um, we got a new cat in September, and she decided... That she was going to be a bad influence on our other cat, and they have destroyed it. So we took the Christmas tree down yesterday, um, and we are starting to make our schedule for Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Because they have to be done in a certain order and time. And it's not just movies. We also do TV shows. (laughs) Okay, so you have this. Is this like a written schedule, or is this unwritten? It's usually like after Thanksgiving, my husband and I sit and talk about when we're going to watch what. Okay. And so we also we like to watch Christmas episodes from series that we really like. So mm-hmm. our favorite series is Community. I don't know oh, I love you're Community. familiar with that? It's yeah. been a few years. I think it went off the air in like 
14 or 15. So we probably watch the series once a year, but we will not watch the Christmas episodes because okay. they can only be watched at Christmas time. Um, so we have to watch those. He just, he started this weekend showing me the American Dad Christmas episodes, which I've never really been an American Dad fan. Yeah, hit or miss <laughs> on those for me. Yeah, but he really is into them. So, and then we're building to watching love actually we have to watch that it's usually the second weekend of december Mm -hmm. and then from there we kind of work our way around like elf and christmas vacation and some of those other traditional ones okay we need love actually to be right in the middle right in the middle okay (laughs) so that is what i should be building my christmas schedule around is what you're saying i mean you gotta do what works for you (laughs) yes i think it was last year we might have added die hard because i've always been told it's a christmas movie yeah die hard is one of my husband's favorite movies so that's always on our christmas list yeah we'll probably watch it again this year it might be in the rotation yeah (laughs) But love actually is, I, I don't even, man, I think we started that when we were dating, like that we were going to watch it. And we always try to do it like towards the beginning of the holiday season, which for us is after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. it's its due. You don't do Christmas before Thanksgiving. <laughs> but one year we went to New Harmony. They have a big Christmas thing on their first weekend in December. And we want to watch it. And we thought it'd be super easy with our Roku stick, but we ended up having to drive and go get a um, extension cord <laughs> to get the TV to work correctly so we could watch Love Actually. So now, for some reason, we just do it the second weekend of December, even mm-hmm. though we've never gone back to New Harmony. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not that you shouldn't go to New Harmony. It's really cool. You should go. But Yeah. Well, Erica, before we say goodbye, are you reading anything special? I'm not really reading anything too special right now. I have been reading some more lighthearted stuff. I don't know. Something with going into almost two years of this weird pandemic life. I have kind of... Omnicron strain. (laughs) So hopefully it doesn't go on anymore, but it could. But anyway, I've just been really reading lighthearted stuff. One of my favorite authors, and I'm actually rereading some of her books Mm -hmm. because I just know that they're good. Her name is Lucy Score, and she's pretty much only uh, digital. You have to buy stuff like off of her website we sadly don't have them in the collection which i would love to change what kind of genre does she write in oh it's definitely like a romancy type of one but there's usually no they always are like some sort of mystery to it so the ones that i'm reading now it's a series and it's riley thorne and the corpse in the closet Ooh! so you get like your mystery but there's also you know yeah there's the romance you kind of want that around the holiday season yeah so i'm re i'm rereading that series (laughs) yeah Yeah, well, that sounds great. Are there any authors that may be similar or kind of similar themes to check out here in the library? Oh, goodness. I know we do have a lot of cozy mysteries. We do have a lot of those. I am a big fan of, I never thought I would be, of my Mm e-reader. So, like, going and browsing the shelves to see what we actually have in print is just, I don't do that as often. (laughs) I feel like a bad librarian admitting that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just easier, especially with Libby, since it syncs between devices. Yes. So I I feel that. Yeah, and, you know, I, well, pre-pandemic, we used to 
travel quite a bit. We still travel. And it's just so much easier. I used to have to have five heavy books oh, in my yeah. suitcase. <laughs> so now I've gotten so used to reading on an e-reader. Mm-hmm. But going and checking out Libby and Hoopla, and they have quite a few, especially if you like romance. They have a lot of romance books on there. It's like yeah. the most popular genre, I think, on there. I'm also a former children's librarian, so I always check out the kids' stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's on there. And I, I'll do a plug. We are doing our um, Mock Caldecott in January, which mm-hmm. if anyone is interested in children's books and children's illustrations, they are free to join us. It is the third Thursday of the month. I believe it starts at 8 a.m. Anybody out there really likes children's books and the illustrations that are in there, they could join us on the 20th of January. So staff and patrons can actually read the books that are up for the Mock Caldecott Awards as well. Yes, there are um, collections at North Park and Central that patrons can go and check out at any time. Um, We're trying to get it down to about 40 books this time. They're picture books, so not like 40 chapter books. But the the point is to appreciate the illustration in them, which I'm not an artist. So whenever I talk about it, it's always, this is really pretty. (laughs) And then some of the people in the room are talking about the dimensions and brush strokes. But it's Mm. okay. It's fine. Everybody can enjoy it. Yeah, everyone can appreciate good art. Correct. Well, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me in here. Yeah, we'll have to chat with you again soon. I have plenty to talk about. (laughs) Sounds great. Thank you. Hey, everyone. We are joined by Claire. Claire, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So, Claire, since this is your first time on the podcast, go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. All right. Yeah, I'm Claire Winternheimer. I have been here at the Evansville Vandenberg Public Library for almost five years. Um, I was a teen librarian here at Central, and I'm the manager at McCullough now. Of course, I love libraries and nerdy stuff and animals and all good things. Very cool. So we talked to her briefly before we started recording, and you wanted to share with us a cherished holiday memory. Sure. So I think when I think about Christmas, especially as a child, pretty much every year we would do Ritzy's like light show. And I remember one year at the school I was at at the time, it was Resurrection, which is a Catholic school here on the west side of Evansville. I was in a holiday play and I had to be like a cute little nutcracker. So we did the play and my parents came and my little sister was in the audience and it was just so much fun. And then we did the holiday light show. And I remember getting home from the show that night and my sister and I were super tired. So we fell asleep in the car. I was like five or six probably, and my dad and mom each picked one of us up and carried us in the house and tucked us in. It was Christmas Eve, so I just remember like waking up and seeing my dad and looking up and seeing his face, and he was smiling, and it was just a wonderful memory, and then waking up the next morning to my mom and dad um, with all the Christmas presents. Gives me the warm fuzzies when I think about that. Oh, that is very nice. So what did you get for Christmas that year? You remember? I don't even know. Maybe like an easy bake oven. I feel like I asked for one of those for years and I was around six or seven before I got one because I don't think my parents really trusted me to 
to use that, you know. So I know that I eventually got one, and I just remember that. That's a that's a classic 90s kid Christmas gift, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Making all those little brownies and little cakes. So I feel like I probably got that. Classic 90s kids toys, and it was also immensely dangerous for kids to have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so what are you reading this holiday season? I mean, I don't know that I'm really reading much holiday or are books. you any media you're consuming yeah. currently? I've been reading a lot of comics lately. I've been reading one called By the Horns, which is a serial comic series about a girl who lives in this fantasy world and her husband was killed by a blessing of unicorns. That's what it's called. A pack of unicorns is called a blessing of unicorns. So it's about she's basically become a hunter of unicorns and monsters in this world. So she's gonna, you know, get revenge for her fallen lover killed by unicorns. It's pretty awesome. That does sound awesome. So a uh, comic book about a girl hunting unicorns. Yeah. Cool. Which I, I'm a big lover of unicorns, so I, I was, you know, wary about it going in, but then I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Expand your horizons. Yeah. Yes. So do you have any movies that's part of your seasonal watch list? I mean, of course we watch the Home Alone movies, more so me than like my husband. My husband's not a huge fan, I think, because he had to watch them so many times with his little sister growing up. Probably <laughs> like 30 times that VHS tape was rewound and watched again and again. But I love watching them. We usually watch like all the Harry Potters and Lord of the Rings because they just give you that like holiday vibes. I don't know. I don't know why cold weather, that kind of stuff. So I I feel like we'll probably be watching those here soon. I'm going to put you on the spot with that. There was an article I read where it was arguing about which one is better suited for the holiday season viewing. So you do watch both. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick one, which one do you think would kind of be more closer related to holidays? I would say Harry Potter. Just because they actually do celebrate Christmas in those movies or in the books, whichever, if you're reading or watching. And just the elaborate setup of like the Christmas meal for all the students at Hogwarts. Like that's so quintessential like Christmas to me because I feel like that movie came out whenever I was like in the fifth or sixth grade. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's where I want to be. I want to spend Christmas there. So definitely Harry Potter. Yeah. And I agree because I feel like with the Lord of the Rings, the only ties to the holiday season is because those movies were released around yes. Christmas. Sure. Which is a great time to release movies like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. My family and I would usually go see movies on Thanksgiving day or Christmas day. We would usually go see one of those whenever they came out. So Claire, what's the weirdest holiday tradition your family has ever had? We don't have a weird holiday tradition, but my sister and I growing up were always super competitive about sorting the presents every morning, every year. Like we wanted to be the one who sorted the Christmas presents. We would all sit in a circle and we'd separate them by whose name was on each one. And we'd all have our piles, you know, and then we'd get super competitive about who had the most, you know, so it'd be like World War Three in our household if, you know, Meg. (laughs) <laughs> had one more than me, my little sister Meg. So did your parents have to deal with like blow ups from that a lot? I don't know. I don't know that we were like, we would actually really fight. I was just super dramatic and theatrical. So everything <laughs> was, you know, a travesty. Not really, but we would compete in the morning, see who got up the the earliest and, and got their hands on the presents first. So it's more just between Meg and me. 
We still kind of do it, actually, at my parents. Who gets to the house first? You know, if someone's running late, we're like, yes, I'm going to separate the presents. Do you text each other smack talk? Absolutely. Of course. Ten minutes out, Meg, where are you? I'm going to get to the house first. That kind of stuff. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens this year. Yeah, I hope you guys have a continuing healthy competition. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Christina, welcome to the studio today. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, you are our producer. You're here all the time. Mm-hmm. You're listening to all these other interviews that we do. Yes, I am. And I've heard that you have a pretty amazing holiday tradition. I think it's amazing. Okay. I have not heard what this is. Well, it has changed in recent years, and I will get to that. But when I was growing up... We did not just hang our stockings on the fireplace and get to open them in the morning. My dad made us work for it. What? So every single item that was in our stockings would be wrapped the night before. So, I mean, just things like, you know, a candy bar, Mm -hmm. small, small things. All of them would be wrapped and he would come up with an elaborate scavenger hunt. So we would show up in the morning and we'd have usually like a card, like a Christmas card in our stocking in place of all of our presents. Okay. And you open the card and it would have one strip of paper that would have the clue on it. Ah. That would kick off at least an hour of us going all over our house and outside and in our cars, mailbox, all over the place. Okay, so we're not talking like a basic scavenger hunt. Like, look under the kitchen table. What, no. What kind of clues are we dealing with here? Um, He wrote a lot of riddles that rhymed. Mm. So very extra. Like, he put in so much work and time. That was that was most of them. Okay. So, yes, you'd get to, you know, oh, it's in a Ziploc in the back of the, one of the toilet tanks. Ugh. But, you know, you have to work for it to figure that out. <laughs> and this is how you start every Christmas morning? Growing up, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Are some of my favorite locations. He hung one from a tree one time that we had to get a stepladder out to okay. even get to it. Let's see. He buried it in a tub of fresh cat litter one time. <laughs> We've had them frozen in the freezer, like buried in like the deep freeze. My mm-hmm. favorite is the year it was raining on Christmas and it was just my brother and I, so not too, too much, but, uh, we were outside in our rain boots because he had buried our, we got like plastic lightsabers that year and he <laughs> buried them in Ziplocs in the garden under the leaf pile. So Ooh. like there's shovels by the back door and he's like, have fun. <laughs> and we're just out there in the rain, like digging around in the garden. Like, I don't even know where it is. Just start digging. I remember it so fondly though. It was fantastic. I mean, that is a pretty good way to use up that kid Christmas morning energy. Mm-hmm. Him and my mom could just like kick back. Yeah. And I assume there were no clues provided. Each gift would have a clue on it that would lead to the next one. Yeah. And so on and so forth. So it usually would be a dozen items or Mm -hmm. something. But yeah, it took take an hour. Were there ever any that were missed? Did you find a candy bar months later, like under the couch or? (laughs) No, no. Okay. So you guys were pretty thorough. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We, We found everything. It was great fun. The, the best part is 
when I hit 15, 16, I was like, I'm too old for this. You know, I'm mm-hmm. grown up, but my brother is six years younger than me. So I decided, hey, dad, I'm going to take over doing the scavenger hunt for my brother so that Ooh. he can still enjoy this. And then I escalated it. So I suck at writing riddles. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do everything in codes because I was super into ciphers and everything at the time. Yeah. My brother had a miserable first Christmas. <laughs> it took him three hours oh, no. to find his talking gifts. And I was so excited the whole time because I'd be like, Tom, look, this is the cipher that George Washington used for his, you know, spying. And he's like, I don't care. I just want my candy bar. Oh, that poor kid. Yeah. Um, I got better over time. Okay. I, I learned to scale back just a little bit, yeah. mix in some crossword puzzles and word scrambles and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then once again, once my brother hit same age, around 16, he decided, I'm too old for this. Mm. I don't want you to do it anymore. I'm like, okay. And he's like, but I have a better plan. Let's do it to dad. Oh, yes. <laughs> so now every Christmas, my brother makes a scavenger hunt for my dad to find his presents. Okay, like, now are these as hard as the the three hour cipher projects? It's not quite as time intensive, mm-hmm. so there is that. But he has again upped the ante, so to speak. Last year he had made YouTube videos and uploaded them, <laughs> oh, so geez. like he had to go click a link, and then it was like trivia questions mm-hmm. in an unlisted YouTube video. Listen to this. 10 seconds of a song and then get a specific word from that that then goes into this word scramble and certain letters oh wow lead to where it is it it's gotten out of hand okay so if anyone ever needs a scavenger hunt Mm -hmm. we come to you we come to you and your family yes okay i actually did that last christmas for a couple friends yeah that sounds amazing all over the west side Mm. of evansville (laughs) it was great (laughs) I love to share this story because I've never met anybody who did something that just weird. It's crazy and ingenious, and it requires so much foresight. Mm -hmm. To be fair, according to my mom, he usually was doing this on Christmas Eve. We would go to bed, and he'd be up to like one in the morning doing it because he'd forget about it or not realize (laughs) how long it would take. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So he'd be doing it, and he'd get it all perfect, like everything, all the clues matched and everything. Mm -hmm. So kudos. Yeah, yeah, good work. Now I'm like, we have to reference some code-breaking books. Oh, gosh. I don't know that the ones I used as a kid are still in the library. That's fine. We're just going to go to EVPL. Okay, so now we're looking up code-breaking books that you can get from the library. I'm going to see if there are any that I used in my childhood still available. If not, I'm sure we have some great new ones. Yeah, I know we have a lot about World War II because uh, the Enigma machine was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so we have A Battle of Wits, the complete story of code breaking in World War II. That was my jam in my early high school. I was all about codes and spies. And that was my dream career until I was about 17. Uh, We also have the code breakers of Belchley Park, the secret intelligence station that helped defeat Nazis. And you said there was a code from George Washington that you used? Yes. I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called at the moment, but I will find a link later and put it in the show notes. That has super big National Treasure vibes right there. Oh, (laughs) I loved those movies so much. 
the Culper Code? Is that what it was? I think so. The Culper Code. So if we can't find any books on that, it looks like we can at least post a link to a website Mm -hmm. explaining that because I'm seeing a lot of information. Thank you for giving our listeners this wonderful idea. And before we wrap up, are there any holiday movies or other things that you like to consume for the season? Yes. Like a lot of people, I always have favorite Christmas movies that I go back to. It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, Mm -hmm. all of the Rankin and Bass stuff like You're Without a Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, those shorts close to my heart. Mm -hmm. One of my more recent discoveries that I now watch every year is called Joya Noel. I guess it would be a foreign film because part of it is in English, German, and then French. And it is a true story set in World War One in the trenches about the Christmas truce of 1914 when the Scottish, German, and French forces all decided to have a truce and, I guess, discover their humanity despite the circumstances in which they found themselves. We have one copy here at Central. I recommend it to literally everyone. (laughs) Okay. That sounds great. That sounds like something we need to see if we can get a few more copies of. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And have a happy holiday season. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. We are joined by Katie. Katie, how's it going? Going all right today. So, Katie, uh, since this is your first time on the podcast, go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. I work in the Popular Materials Center at EVPL Central. I'm an experienced facilitator. I work mostly with teens and adults, and I'm always happy to see you when you come in. So the memory you wanted to discuss today uh, pertains to the best gift you ever received. So how about you uh, tell us a little bit about that? I don't know if it was just the best, best, but it, it was a pretty great gift and it makes a kind of fun story. When I was about 10, I think, I received an amaryllis bulb for Christmas, but like it wasn't planted in a pot and given to me. There was a pot and there was a bulb. And well, the first box I opened just had the bag of dirt in it. So I thought I got a bag of dirt for Christmas. Were you thinking this was like on the same level as like coal? Kind of, yeah. It seemed a little out of character for my parents. I was just really confused. And, you know, my mom's like, oh, open this one. You know, then there was the bulb and there was the pot. And I also received a series of books that year about um, a little girl named Linnea. And one of them was called Linnea's Windowsill Garden. And it had the instructions for planting the bulb and taking care of it and growing it, you know, into a big, beautiful flower. And I I checked today and we actually still have that book in the Reed Center, even though it's a pretty old book at this point. And so it turned out to be a pretty fabulous gift, kind of a project gift. And it, you know, wasn't just, it wasn't something that I was over, you know, in a few weeks because I was, you know, watching it grow and I had never had an amaryllis before. Mom still grows them a lot. So now I'm kind of used to them being around, especially at the holidays, but this was totally new to me at the time. And so seeing this huge, huge stalk grow up, if you've, if you've never seen an amaryllis, it's like a big stalk and then blooms out in four big bell blooms and there's some big tall leaves to go with it. And this one was kind of an unusual pink color that I've not actually seen since then. Most of the time I see white ones or red ones. It was a pretty cool gift because it you know, wasn't something that I was just kind of bored with a month later. I was still watching it grow and waiting for it to bloom. And But it all started with that bag of dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully something beautiful bloomed from that. How intensively 
did you have to take care of it? Like, did you have to water it constantly? Or was it one of those things you just kind of give it a little bit of sunlight, a little bit of water, and just kind of let it do its thing? Kind of somewhere in between. I haven't grown one in a long time, but I, after that, I ended up doing my science project on amaryllis. And so I ended up learning a whole lot about them. The best way to water them is you water them in like their drainage dish and let them pull it up through their roots that way. And you don't have to water them all the time, but if they're really thirsty, sometimes you can actually see the water disappear. So that's kind of cool. I don't know. Honestly, my general philosophy with plants is to kind of mostly leave them alone unless it seems like they need something. <laughs> <laughs> so do this kind of spark a green thumb for you or are you kind of more moderate? Yes and no. My mom definitely has a green thumb. So I kind of grew up around that. And I think a lot of times I was content to just live with the plants that were there. But as an adult, I've kind of gotten more and more into growing things, especially when the weather is warm. But I've got a couple of house plants at my desk here at the library. I've got a big croton that I have had for seven years, and I'm very proud of it. I think you're the first person I've met and know that uh, can keep a plant longer, alive longer than like five months. (laughs) I I just got a goldfish plant, and that's going to be maybe a little bit trickier. So we'll see how I do with that. (laughs) So since we do work at a library, where are you reading this holiday season? I read a lot of romance, and I have a big pile of mostly Christmas romances, although the one I just finished was actually a Hanukkah romance, um, The Matzah Ball by Jean Meltzer, I think. And the one I'm reading now is actually called A Holly Jolly Diwali, which, if I'm pronouncing that right, I think Diwali was about a month ago, but so not quite the current holiday season, I guess. I can't think of the author's name for that one, unfortunately. But then I've got a bunch of Christmas romances. And because I've discovered in the past few years that maybe I kind of like horror novels, I also have one called Secret Santa. And the author of that one is escaping me too. But that is actually a slasher horror novel. I was going to say, like, that sounds like <laughs> a slasher. So what's your, like, reading pace? Like, how many books do you think you can usually get through, like, during these times? Not as many as I have checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the holidays are kind of a busy time in general. It's pretty amazing that I've already finished one and started a second one. So if I'm lucky, I'll read maybe four or five but it would not surprise me if I really end up only getting through like three because things just get busy. I mean, that's still leagues ahead of what I'm capable of doing. <laughs> so good, great job. All right. So do you have anything you'd like to plug about the PMC or any project you got coming up here pretty soon? I have a program for teens coming up on Tuesday, December 7th at three o'clock. We are going to drink hot chocolate and do some crafts. They can be holiday crafts if you want them to be, but you can do other things. We're going to decorate mugs. I've also got felt to do uh, no-sew felt drink sleeves. And also these yarn hat ornaments that look pretty cool, but are actually really simple and fast to make. Okay, well, I know that the teenagers will be looking forward to that. And like she said, that's going to be taking place on the 7th. So thanks again for joining us for this. I feel like we really got a cast of characters out of this week. Oh, definitely. Some wildly fun stories I was not expecting. My fingers are crossed that no one's holiday festivities this year involve unexpected fires. And if you are forced to dig a hole in your yard for upwards of three hours, I hope that you at least have fun doing it. And that there's no rain. Yes, and definitely no rain. 
You can hear from us one more time before the end of the year. We will be talking with the lovely Audra. And we're going to be basically recapping the year, summarizing our favorite media from 2021. Happy holidays. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Be safe out there.